Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 67 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Now, as for those who remember that they have had terrors of conscience and, it may be, ever and anon feel them still, who fear that these were not beginnings of conversion, but rather beginnings of desperations and hellish torments, you should know that there is a great difference between these and those. One, those fears and horrors, which are only flashes and beginnings of hellish torments, are wrought only by the law and spirit of bondage, giving not so much as a secret hope of salvation. But those fears which make way unto and which are the beginnings of conversion are indeed first wrought by the law also, yet not only, for the gospel has at least some share with them, partly to melt the heart broken by the law, partly to support the heart, causing it by some little glimpse of light to entertain a possibility of mercy. Compare the terrors of Cain and Judas with those of the men pricked at Peter's sermon, with Paul's and the jailers, and you shall see both this and the following differences too. The former terrors and troubles are caused either only for fear of hell and the fierce wrath of God, but not for sin, or if at all for sin, it is only in respect of the punishment. These tending to conversion are also caused through fear of hell, but not only. The heart of one thus troubled is grieved because of his sin, and that not only because it deserves hell, but because by it he has offended and dishonored God. 3. Those who are troubled in the first sort continue headstrong and obstinate, retaining their usual hatred against God and against such as fear God, as also their love to wickedness. Only it may be they may conceal and smother their rancor through the spirit of restraint that for the time it does not appear, but in the other will appear some alteration towards goodness, as whatsoever their opinions and speeches were of God's people before, now they begin to think better of them and of their ways. So did they in the Acts. Before they were pricked at heart, they did scoff at the apostles and derided God's gifts in them, Acts 2, 13, but afterwards said, Men and brethren, they thought reverently of them and spoke reverently to them, Acts two thirty seven. See the same in Paul, in his readiness to do whatsoever Christ should enjoy him, Acts 9, 6. The jailer also in this case quickly became well affected to Paul and Silas, Acts 16, 24, 30, 33. 4. 
The former sort, when they are troubled with horror of conscience, fly from God and seek no remedy but such as is worldly and carnal, as company-keeping, music, and other earthly delights, as in building and in their lands and livings, according to their own corrupt hearts and their vain companions advise them, whereby sometimes they stupefy and deaden their conscience and lay it asleep for a time. Thus Cain and Saul allayed their distempered spirits, Genesis 4, 17, etc., 1 Samuel 16, 17. And if they had some godly friends who shall bring them to God's ministers or do themselves minister to them the instructions of the word, this is tedious and irksome to them. They cannot relish these means nor take any satisfaction in them. But the other are willing to seek to God by seeking to his ministers, Acts 2.37, to whom God has given the tongue of the learned, to minister a word in season to the soul that is weary. And though they cannot presently receive comfort, will not utterly reject them, except in case of melancholy, which must not be imputed to them, but to their disease. Isaiah 54. And in application of the remedy, as there were two parts of the grief, so they must find remedies for both, or they cannot be fully satisfied. First, they were filled with grief for fear of hell, for the removing of which the blood of Christ is applied together with God's promise of forgiveness to him that believes and a commandment to believe all this is applied to take away the guilt and punishment of sin. Secondly, they were troubled for sin, whereby they dishonored and displeased God. Now, unless also they feel in some measure the grace of Christ's Spirit, healing the wound of sin and subduing the power of it, and enabling them at least to will and strive to please God, they cannot be satisfied, as it was with David. Though God had said by the prophet, the Lord has put away thy sin, that is, forgiven it, Second Samuel twelve thirteen. Yet he had no comfort until God had created in him a clean heart and renewed a right spirit within him, Psalm fifty one ten. Whereas, if fear of hell be removed, it is all that the former sort care for. 5. As for the first sort, it may be, while they were afraid to be damned, they had some restraint of sin, and it may be made some essays towards reformation. But when their terrors are over and forgotten, then, like the dog, they return to their vomit and like the sow that was washed, to their wallowing in the mire of their wanted ungodliness. Second Peter two twenty two. But as for them whose terrors were preparations to conversion, when they obtain peace of conscience, 
They are exceedingly thankful for it and are made by it more fearful to offend. And although they may, and often do, fall into some particular sin or sins for which they renew their grief and repentance, yet they do not fall into an allowed course of sin any more. Thus much in answer to the first doubt of sanctification. Number two, fears of not being sanctified from the intrusion of many evil thoughts. Secondly, there are many who doubt they are not sanctified because of those swarms of evil thoughts which are in them, somewhere of which is fearful for them to think or speak are blasphemous, unnatural, and inhuman, calling God's being, truth, power, and providence into question, doubting whether the scripture be the word of God, and others of this nature, having also thoughts of laying violent hands upon themselves and others, with many more of that and other kinds of evil and blasphemous thoughts, such as they never felt at all or not so much in their known state of unregeneracy before they made a more strict profession of godliness, and such as they think none that are truly sanctified are troubled with. To resolve this doubt, know that evil thoughts are either put into men from without as when Satan does suggest, or wicked men do solicit to evil. 1 Chronicles 21.1 Thus Job's wife, curse God and die, Job 2.9 Or, they rise from within, out of the evil concupiscence of man's own heart. Matthew 15.19 Sometimes they are mixed, coming both from within and without. Those which come only from Satan may usually be known from them that arise out of man's heart by their suddenness and incessantness. Namely, when they are repelled, they will sometimes return again a hundred times in a day. Also, they are unreasonable and unnatural, strange and violent in their motions, receiving no check but by violent resistance. Whereas those which altogether or in great part are from man's own corrupt heart, they usually arise by occasion of some external object or from some natural cause and are not so sudden and incessant, nor so unnatural and violent. Now all those evil thoughts, or thoughts of evil rather, which are from Satan, If you consent not unto them, but abhor and resist them with detestation, they are not your sins, but Satan's, and theirs that put them into you. They are your crosses, because they are matter of trouble to you, but they are not your sins, because they leave no guilt upon you. They are no more your sins than these thoughts. Cast thyself down headlong, and fall down and worship me, viz. the devil, were Christ's sins. 
If you consent not, but resist them, as Christ did, Matthew 4, 5, and 9. This concludes episode 67 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.